So today I want to talk to you guys about being the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if you would have asked me three months ago, if this was even a possibility, I would have said you were crazy. If you would have said, Pastor Wayne, in three months, everyone's going to be staying home. The economy is going to look like it's going to collapse. Everyone's going to be in panic and fear. I would have thought you were crazy. I mean, this uh, truth be told, I think as Americans and, and really most modern people, we've kind of gotten used to life being awesome. Um, things going great. We get to a situation where we get offended over the slightest things because we've never actually had to really deal with hardship. We've never had to really deal with any situations like we're dealing with today. And, and I think that uh, we're going to see a change in mentality. But the truth is, is that I never thought this would happen. I really didn't. But it doesn't matter because it's here. We're seeing some stuff that's crazy. And, and um, now we're going to have to make a choice. Are we still going to be the church or were we always just a meeting? One thing I know is true is that as the world gets darker, that means our light is going to shine brighter. People are going to be looking for hope during this time. They're going to be looking for help during this time. And as a church, we have an incredible opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and I hope that we, we take this opportunity. We don't let it pass us by. Because over the next few months, we're going to see an increasing amount of people that are, that are just going to need some help. There are entire industries that have been shut down right now. I mean, restaurants, all they can do is takeout. We're seeing business plummet. I mean, the only business that I've seen staying crazy busy is Dutch Brothers. One, because it's coffee and it's awesome. And two, because their entire business model was designed about being drive through But, you know, we, we have Angela's right next door to us that's uh, unable to have dine, uh, customers come in and dine in. All they can do is take out. And I know that's hurting their business. We have the nail salon right next to us. And uh, they have to stay shut down. They can't do any business. The therapist, the physical therapist, two doors down, they're having to close their doors as well. People are going to be in need really soon. And the truth is, is, is we're seeing that uh, uh, church was like, Michelle is not going to be able to work. I know there's others that aren't able to work right now. And it's a scary time. And people are going to need help. But it's not just inside our church walls that people are going to need help that we're going to need to look after. But everywhere, people are going to be hurting. And like I said, as a result of that, we're going to have the opportunity to show the love of Christ like we've never had before. Right now, most of us are wondering what's going to happen in our future. What's going to happen with us? Are we going to have enough? Are we going to be able to pay our mortgage? Are we going to be able to do all of those things? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how long this is going to last. I just know one thing and that God is going to see us through one way or another. He will make it so that we survive this, that we get through this and we're going to be taken care of. But I would encourage you not to let that fear control you. Instead of seeing this as, a, as, as something to be afraid of in our future, start looking for opportunities. How can you be a blessing even in the midst of this craziness? And truthfully, guys, this isn't just some obligation that we have as Christians. It's actually who we are as Christians. We are made in the image of our God and he is loving and he is generous. So that is who we are. So let's be who we are and look for opportunities to be a blessing. Amen? It's going to be weird. I can't hear you say amen back. I hope you're saying it in the chat. It's helping me out a little bit. My wife's Michelle and, and Blake and Michael in the room here and she's over here mouthing it to me. I'm going to have to get one of those... Uh, 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 like they have laugh tracks inside of the uh, 
inside of uh, comedy shows. I'm getting an, get an amen track back there. Hallelujah. Ah, praise God. So let's go ahead and look in Acts 40, Acts 4, 32 through 35. It says this. It says, geez, Louise, it says this. Okay. No, I'm, no rocking, getting too loud? Does it get too loud? Oh, sorry. No rocking. Maybe we'll switch chairs out next week. No rocking chair. If I'm making people sick. Sorry about that. I'll try to be still. Acts 42, 32 through 35. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was no needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each one as any had need. So first, as we're talking about people that are in need, I want to address our church family first. And we can learn a lot from the early church. And the truth is, is that the early church, they took care of one another. Every person had what they needed because... They all gave what they had to one another. If anybody was in need, they made sure that the the people around them had what they needed. And they, they did this because they loved one another. This is actually one of the last commands that Jesus gave to his disciples in the upper room. In John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. You know, Jesus set the example in this because he gave his life for us on the cross. Jesus gave everything. He didn't hold anything up or anything back. And truthfully, making sure that we're taken care of, giving up some of our stuff to help somebody else, it's kind of pale in comparison to the kind of love that Jesus Jesus showed us, but we still want to show that love to, to one another. We want to make sure that we're taking care of one another. Now, I know some of you guys right now are freaking out, but I'm not asking you to sell your houses. Truth is, the market kind of sucks all of a sudden, so you couldn't sell them anyway. But uh, I'm not asking you to sell your house. Matter of fact, this seemed to be a somewhat unique situation. Um, even in the Old Testament, you don't see this happening over and over. This was just for that the church that's speaking of here. But it's not the physical act that I'm concerned about in this passage. It's going to look different for every church. It's going to look different for everybody. It's the, the attitude of heart that I'm looking for. It's the, the, the idea that we're going to take care of one another, that we're going to consider one another as more important than ourselves. And the truth is, collectively, as a church, we have more than enough to make sure that everyone in our church is t- will be taken care of through the full length of this crisis. We can make sure that we're taking care of one another. And the reality is, is that even if we do run low on resources, God will provide, God will make a way to make sure that we're taken care of. And when all this is over, things may change. We may not be living as lavishly as we used to. We might be depleting some stuff as we go through this, but the truth is, is God is still there. There is a reality that there is going to have to be some healing from this. The, the, the healing as a nation, economically, is going to be happening for some time. And what seems like is only going to be a few weeks, the brunt of it may be short, but we're going to have to rely on one another for, for the time to come and really show the love of Christ to one another. 
But I do know this, that no matter what happens, that God will take care of us. If the birds of the air are fed, the, the grass is clothed, then God will surely do the same for us who are so much more valuable than the birds and the grass of the fields. And the truth is, is that you might be the very vessel that God uses to meet that need in somebody else. So be open to that. Be ready for that. And let God use you to be a blessing to the people around you. Because the truth is, is we're supposed to be generous. In 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19, it says, As for the rich in this present age, and that's all of you guys, even if you don't feel like it, you are rich. Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. And I think right now we're starting to see what the uncertainty of riches looks like. But put your hope on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You see, the thing is, is that our generosity, our love for one another, isn't gonna, shouldn't be confined to our church walls as well. There are going to be people that are outside of our church that are going to need help, your neighbors, your co-workers, your family. And we're going to have the opportunity to, to reach out for them. And truthfully, if even if I just examine my own life, I, I probably haven't been the example of Christ's love that I should have been, especially when it comes to this. You know, and, and I wonder how many opportunities that I've missed to be a blessing to somebody because I was focused more on myself than on someone else. But uh, I think this pandemic right now is actually going to show itself to be a a wake-up call to the church. And it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. This is what Paul told Timothy, one of his pastors. He said, uh, pastors that he had planted, he instructed them, the, the rich, to not be only rich in resource. That's what it says here. Charge them to not be only rich in resources, but to be rich in good works and generosity. Even with all that is going on right now, we're all still rich, particularly in the United States. We're all rich. And we're rich as a church. And we're rich individually. And we're going to do all that we can to be a blessing to the community that's around us. As you saw in the announcements, we've already taken steps to make a way for people to reach out to us for help, reach out for us to for encouragement. And like I said, so many of you have already volunteered and said, yes, I'll do what needs to be done. How can I help? And I'm so thankful for that. And I want you to keep up that attitude. I want you to keep up that thought because we want to, to do what we need to do. If, we're, if people need help, we're going to find a way to purchase for them food or those essential items. We want to be a blessing to everybody in need. And that's what we're looking to do as a church. But individually, we all can make a difference as well. Check on your neighbors. See if they need anything. Get on your local Facebook groups. I don't know about you guys, but we have a a Facebook group for my community right here. There's one for Gladden Farms. I know there's a community group for Continental Ranch. And I've seen some other community groups pop up just for this resource to help people during this time. So go ahead and get plugged into those and see what you can do. See if anybody needs help. And to the best of your ability, take every opportunity to meet the needs of anyone who might need you to do so. And you know what? This might be a sacrifice. Hebrews thirteen sixteen says this, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing 
to God. You know what? God has done so much for me and I just want to be pleasing to him. And I think this is one of the ways that we get to do it is, is, is we're going to make some sacrifices over the next several months and make sure that we share what we have and that's going to bless God. And the truth is that as it says here, when we do that, we're storing up treasure for ourselves. Now, that's not the reason we do it. This isn't some sort of holy slot machine. This isn't some sort of holy investment account. We're doing this as a response to what God has already done for us. God has given you everything. Even if you didn't have any of your stuff, he still saved you and he's given you eternal life. He's given you everything. He's freed you from your guilt and shame. He's taken care of every sin that you've ever committed, that you'll ever commit. He's given you freedom. He's given you a brand new life. He's made you brand new when you get to spend eternity with him in heaven, even if we didn't have anything physically on this earth, we would still be rich. Because that's the thing is, what is truly life? What it says here, he says, he's, so they may take hold of that which is truly life. That truly life that we're trying to take hold of, that's not stuff. It's not food. It's not clothing. We can always get more of that stuff. And even if we give it away, we can still get more of that stuff. And if it ever comes to a point where we can't get more, I believe that God will still provide. Amen? So let's make sure that we're not ignoring those who are in need. And 1 John 3.17 says, If anyone is, is, has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? You know, the true test of a, of a Christian's love is actually in their actions. We can say that we love one another. We can say that we love people all day long. But it's our actions that demonstrate that love, that prove that love. And to be clear, I'm not talking about working to somehow secure uh, uh, God's love or to secure God's salvation. That is secure in Christ by faith. So this, this idea of, of reaching out to people and loving them, it's, it's not to earn God's love. But it's a response to God's love. If God's love really abides inside of you, how can you not respond in any other way? Then to show the same love God has showed to you to others. Because the reality is, is a saving faith. When you place your trust in Christ, a miracle takes place inside of you. You are a brand new person. Uh, a true saving faith causes a change inside of you. And this change is manifested in our lives through the actions that we take. And John saw this. He said, if you see someone in need and reject them, then how does God's love really abide in you? Because if God's love really abided in you, you, you would have a, a yearning, a burning in your heart to help those in need. And Jesus was the perfect example of this. He didn't just talk, talk about love, but he demonstrated it. He gave his life freely for us. You know, so many people have li give, given their life for the Christian faith. They've been martyred. But did you know that Jesus wasn't a martyr? He gave his life freely because he loved us. And the reality is church talk is cheap. All of us can say we love people. We want to take care of people. But now we're going to have the opportunity to show it. And we're going to have our faith tested over the next several months. The question is, are we going to be like that Jewish lawyer when Jesus told him to love his neighbor? Are we going to begin prepping excuses? You remember that lawyer, Jesus said that uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your Lord God, love your neighbor as yourself. These are the, the, the two laws that sum up the law. And, and the lawyer, he said, 
Well, who is my neighbor? They begin to prep excuses so he could pick and choose who he would help. What he should have asked was, who can I be a neighbor to? And that's the question that we need to ask ourselves is not who is our neighbor that we would help them, but who can I be a neighbor to? And one of the commentators uh, that I read put it this way. He said, self-preservation is the first law of physical life, but self-sacrifice is the first law of spiritual life. Don't ignore those in needs, even if it is a sacrifice. And it's an example that we've been given in the, the New Testament church. In 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5, it says this, We want you to know, brothers, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. He was encouraging the Corinthian church to follow the Macedonian church's lead. He says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty... They have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Now, I pray that this is the attitude that we take as as, as a church, as saints in our church, that when we, we read the Bible, it's really easy to agree with what the word says when everything is going well. When everything's going perfectly, when nobody has a need, it's really easy to say, oh, I would take care of them. But what about when it isn't? What about when things aren't going well? What about in a month or two when you're starting to get tight? When maybe the income isn't coming in as you expected it and you've run through the last roll of toilet paper in your house. What's going to happen then when things are starting to to, to get rougher. Will we still walk in faith? Will we still be generous? You see, the Macedonian church, they did. The church, this church had two things. It said in their severe test of affliction, they had two things. They had an abundance of joy and they had extreme poverty. Not even regular poverty. They had extreme poverty. They didn't have anything. And the question we have to ask is, well, one, why did they have extreme joy in the midst of their poverty? Is One is because they recognize that joy doesn't come from the stuff that you have. It doesn't come from the things around you. Rather, joy comes and is found in hope, in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And they gave according to their needs. They were in extreme poverty. That They gave according to their needs. That means that they probably didn't give a lot, but they gave what they had. And matter of fact, it says that they gave beyond their means. Is this the attitude that we're going to have in several months as things get tougher? Now, I believe that God is going to, to, to do something here. And I pray that this isn't a long-term thing. But church, we need to be prepared if it is and be ready for the, the, the trials that are coming. And how can we still be a blessing even in those times? I was reading about uh, what happened during the Black Plague. Christians during the Black Plague, um, they went out amongst the people that were sick and they helped them and they served them and they prayed for them. And many times people were healed miraculously. And many times the people that were in there praying for people, they, they were kept safe. They didn't get sick, but many of them caught the bubonic plague and they ended up dying from it. They gave their lives to be able to serve others in their time of need. Church, is this the attitude that we're going to have? The Macedonian church, it says that not only did they give according to their needs, but above it, but it says they begged for the favor 
of taking part in the relief of the saints? Is this the attitude in our heart that we have right now? Are we begging for the favor and the opportunity to make an impact in people's lives? Right now I've seen it and I pray that this is the attitude that we maintain. Even if we do begin to endure a severe test of affliction, I pray that this is the attitude that we continue to maintain. Because the truth is, church, you're a, you're a light in the world. Matthew 5:14 through 16 says, You are a light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Church, the other thing that we need to recognize in this time of need when you're shining brightly is that not only will we have an opportunity to to help people physically, but by shining brightly for Jesus, we're going to have the opportunity to point their eyes towards a God who loves them. By living out the Christian faith, we're going to be glorifying God and giving others an opportunity to glorify God in us. When we're helping people, we're going to ensure that they understand that it's God who has given us the ability to help and has given us the, uh, the encouragement to help and that they should glorify him because it's God who's doing what is happening in their life, who's meeting their need. And when these opportunities happen, we're going to have the opportunity to minister the gospel to people. Take every opportunity right now to share the love of Christ, to show people that God loves them through your actions, but also tell them that he loved them so much that he gave his life for them so that they could have a hope, that they could have an eternal security, that they won't have to be worried about the instability of life that's going on right now. By being the hands and feet of Jesus, we can start breaking down all those walls that have kept people away from him. How many people have you heard say they don't want to hear anything about the church because there's just hypocrites in the church? There are just people that they just want your money. They just want your stuff. They just want to manipulate people. They just want to take advantage of people. Why don't we show the world that the church is something different? Let's show the world that we care about people, that we love people, that we are willing to sacrifice our own stuff, our own well-being, our own uh, privileges, all those things. We're willing to sacrifice so that others would have what they need. Let's show the world that the church isn't hypocrites. You know, we've been uh, pushed out of the building and we're going to have to change how we do things. You know, it's much like the the church in Jerusalem. Jesus said, go out into all the world and make disciples in, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And they just stayed in Jerusalem. And finally something happened. Persecution came and it push them out of the city, and they begin to grow the church again. I fear that as churches now, we've kind of got locked in our buildings. And now we have a catalyst to get us out of the buildings, to get us back into the community, to make a difference, to make an impact. And church, we can do that now. The walls have been built up by years of Christian being hypocrites, saying that we love but showing no signs and not demonstrating in any way. So as a church... And I don't just mean our church, I mean as a church, the, the church at large, we have to start showing the love of Christ to people and being there for people and ministering the gospel. They will see his love for them through us. That's the greatest way that we can make an impact is let them see Jesus' love through us and make sure that he gets all the glory. Amen? And here's where we're going to end today. Something that I think that 
we need to keep in mind as we're out there and, and sacrificing for others. Matthew 25, 34-40 says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And when did we feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Now, I don't know about you guys, and maybe this is just something that I think about, but I've often wondered how can I repay the kindness that Jesus has shown to me. Now, I'm not talking about uh, to earn his kindness. How, how can I earn his love? How can I, I earn salvation? I'm not talking about how can I, I repay him in that sense. But rather, how can I respond to the overwhelming love that he's shown me? And here's how we do it, church, is we love others. And when we love others, when we feed them, when we clothe them, when we visit them, the Bible says that we're doing it to Jesus. He has done so much for us. How can we respond any other way? So church, I just want to encourage you, let's be his hands and his feet and let's love like we have never loved before. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and bow our head for a second. I want to give the opportunity for anybody that's listening to this stream to respond to the love of Christ. I want you to know right now that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. And the truth is, is that in a, a, a climate like we have today, it's easy to be concerned. It's easy to be scared. It's easy to be lost and have no hope. But I want you to know that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He loves you so much that he sent his son to pay for every penalty, every failure, every mistake, every sin that you've ever committed that would separate you from God. He came and he gave his life to pay the price for that so that you could be good with God, that you could be right with God. And uh, I'm not going to uh, make promises because I think so many people do this and and uh, uh, we do do them a disservice. But the truth is, is that uh, if you become a Christian today, it doesn't mean everything in your life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have to face the same things that are going on in this world. It doesn't mean that you won't deal with any hard times or any struggles. But it does mean that you'll be with one who loves you, who will see you through every difficult situation. He will take care of you. And in the worst case scenario, if you would have to lose your life for any reason, then you would be right with him and you can have security knowing where you're going to spend your eternity. You can have a hope that this is just temporary and you can spend the rest of your life in eternity with him. And the only thing that he asked for you to be made right with him is to just say yes to accept the free gift of salvation. Put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Repent 
and turn from your sins. That means all that means is is take your eyes off your sin and put your eyes on Jesus. Repent and turn away from them. And say yes. So if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now and just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you care for me. And I thank you that you sent your Son to die on the cross to pay for every one of my sins. I believe that he gave his life so that I could be free. And I received this free gift of salvation. I put my trust, my faith, and my hope in you right now, believing that you are able to do what you have promised. I call you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, the good news is about this being a recording, you can repeat that. You can say it again if you didn't catch that. But I want you to know it's not the prayer that saved you. It's not even the words. It's about the attitude of your heart. Have you really put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ? And if you have, then you have eternal security. You have eternal life. And you have a God that loves you and now calls you one of his children. He has given you that right to be a child of God. I also want to... Uh, take the opportunity right now, if there's anybody here that was once following God, they were once dedicated, but they've, they've backslid, they've fallen away. And you, you've looked up one day and you realize that you're not where you want to be, that you're not serving God like you used to. I want to give you the opportunity to, to make a decision to press in right now. So just pray this with me right now, if that's you. Father, I just thank you for forgiving me, for, for stepping back, for sliding away. But from now on, I'm going to serve you with all that I have. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to trust you. Father, help to keep me so that I won't fall away again, but that I would stay dedicated and that I would stay pressed into you. And I'm going to serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If if, If that was you this morning, either you just gave your life to Christ for the first time, or you have uh, rededicated to your life, you realize that you've fallen away and you've made the decision that you're going to step back in, I want you to go ahead and put that in the chat. We have people that would love to pray with you. We have people that would uh, love to congratulate you. If you've given your life to Christ for the first time, congratulations. Welcome to the family. So uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer today. As soon as I get done in prayer, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to Look at the the chat feeds. If anybody has any questions, if anybody needs any prayer, just let me know. I would love to pray with you. There's people in the chat that that would love to pray with you as well. And uh, uh, let's go ahead and do that now. Bow your head. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your great love. Father, we thank you that you are in control in this ridiculous situation that we're going through right now. Father, we trust you to get us through. We know that you are faithful. Your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Your word doesn't promise us comfort. Your word doesn't promise perfection, but it does promise that you will see us through every storm that will come out the other side. So Father, we are trusting you. We're trusting you to make a difference uh, with this virus. We're trusting you to curtail it. We're trusting you to give our leaders uh, and and, uh, health organizations wisdom to combat this the proper way. And Father, we lift up everyone to you that is sick right now, Lord, that you would just 
Touch them right now, Father. I pray that there would be supernatural healing all across this country, all across this world right now, Father. Heal people. Touch them, Father, that you would be glorified because you are God and you are able. So, Father, we trust you. Our faith is in you. And I would also pray, Lord, that uh, every one of us would just be encouraged and reminded to live our lives in a self-sacrificing love for those around us. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, like I said, if anybody has any questions, I'm going to load up the chat here on my, my, my tablet. Is there any other questions that people have seen? Any questions? None yet so far? Praise God. We'll give you guys a few minutes. Um, if that was a blessing to you, if, if you got something from the message today, go ahead and, and, and put amen or say that spoke to you. Let us know that you're out there, that you're hearing these things. Hallelujah. It's really difficult to, to see what's going on when we're in a room with just four of us. Um, and that's how you can help us and encourage us that are here as well. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm not showing anything in the chat on mine. You have that one? Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everybody. I see we got we got lots of people on here today. So, one, I just want to say hi to everybody. So, let's see. Let's go way back to the top. Hey, good morning, John and, and Chip. Thanks for joining us. Um, let's see who else we got on here. Matt, good morning, Matt. Glad you could make it here with us. Luigi lover. So, Anina, I have to tell you that uh, somebody saw your Luigi lover uh, uh, title and uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Luigi Lover is Anina, but uh, very easy to misread it as Lugie Lover. So good morning, Lugie Lover. We're glad you're here with us. <laughs> good morning, Karen. Good morning, Monique and John. Hallelujah. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, George. Patricia. Hallelujah. So glad you guys were able to join us. Maricela, thanks for, for joining us. Hope you got something out of it. Uh, let's see. Chris, good to see you this morning, Chris and Hugo. Man, we missed you, Hugo. Hugo, you've been gone so long. Uh, you going to be back in town anytime soon? We'd love to see you. You're still out in Texas right now. Hi, Jen. Looks like Jen is on this morning. Praise God. Apparently, Addie is killing it. I don't know what that means. She must Bible be getting trivia. a worship on. Huh? Bible trivia. Oh, Bible trivia. She's killing it a Bible trivia. Hallelujah. Um, good morning, Jessica. Sorry to uh, rip you out of the pool to come in and, and uh, see the message with us. Praise God. Who else we got on here? Did I say hi to George? Ah, we got uh, Toby and Tasha are on. Good morning. Good hey, to see you guys. Who? Ronnie. And Ronnie. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? How you doing? I know I can't see you right now, but I'm glad you're here. Matter of fact, you just made you just made everything good for me today. Now I can sleep tonight with peace in my heart. Good morning, Abigail. Good to see you. And Karen, I don't know if I said hi to you already. Trying to catch up with everybody. Praise God. And if I missed anybody this morning, it's not because uh, I don't like you. It's because it was an accident. I didn't see everybody's name on here. But uh, thank you so much. Everybody is here. Jessica is still poolside. I'm a little jealous, I have to say. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Well, I don't see... Uh, any more questions on here, so we're going to go ahead and log off for now. But once again, thank you so much, everybody who joined us. We love you guys, 
And uh, we're going to keep doing this every Sunday. Like I said, make sure you jump on Facebook uh, to follow what's going on and uh, be blessed. We'll see you soon. Uh, And and, uh, we're just so thankful for each and every one of you. Praise God. See you guys later.